Cousins with a screen left to Dalvin. Gets the 50, angles right, ambles to the first down, cuts right 35, makes a Packer miss, and he's loose! Touchdown! Four touchdowns today for Dalvin Cook! What is up? What is up? Welcome to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm your host, Gabe Henderson, alongside my co-host and audio producer, Mr. Chris Corso. Today, we get you guys up to speed with everything you need to know from inside the TCO Performance Center. And man, oh man, Chris, it's week nine, and the Vikings have a must-win matchup against the Detroit Lions this coming Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's right, Gabe, and a season-changing win last week against the Green Bay Packers. I think we'll talk about that yep. pretty soon here. Yep. Uh, really exciting show today. And you can catch this upcoming Sunday's game. You can listen to it right here on the Vikings Radio Network, KFAN 100.3. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, will be calling that game alongside Pete Bursich, Ben Lieber, and the one and only Greg Coleman. So today, you guys will hear the best podium sounds of the week from inside the TCO Performance Center. Mike Zimmer, we hear from his presser today. Vikings defensive end Jalen Holmes stops by the show, and we wrap it all up with the writers' wrap-up with Eric Smith. But before we get to all of that, we start the show the way we always do with the best thing we saw this week. Corso, take us away. The win over the Green Bay Packers, I think, is season-changing, and that's because Tuesday has passed and the Vikings did not make any of those big trades that you were hearing in all the reports, trading Harrison Smith, any of those things did not happen. We kept the team intact, and we're getting set to take on a 3-4 and team in the Detroit Lions. But what I really want to touch on is going forward, looking at the Vikings' schedule, I think we are set up for a run here if you look at some of our opponents. After the Lions, we take on a tough Chicago Bears team in Soldier Field who's 5-3, and but we know there's some issues at quarterback game. Who's it going to be? Nick Foles? Mitch Trubisky? We we don't know. They got to figure that out, but hopefully they don't figure that out next week. The next three opponents, Gabe, we take on the Cowboys, the Panthers, and the Jaguars. Their combined record is 6-17. and I'm excited to see what the Vikings can do, especially with the Cowboys right before Thanksgiving. It really really makes me think of that 1998 year. We'll see if we can feast around that time when when we play the Cowboys and Panthers. That's for sure. And you hear from one of the longest tenured Vikings now, and that's Harrison Smith, who talked about the opportunity that the Vikings have to build on that win over the Packers. And he's pretty happy that no trades were made at the trade deadline. You know, we obviously started doing some things that that leads to winning. We'd had some games like that. We just didn't close them out. And uh, being able to close out a game as a team win, obviously the offense did some awesome stuff and some good stuff flipping the field on special teams. Um, But anytime you can go into into Green Bay and um, beat the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, and, um, you know, it's just hard to get wins up there. So that's, you know, that's definitely a step in the right direction. So building on that is important. We can't get, you know, all giddy and happy about, one win. Um, you've got to take the good, take the bad, and 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 build on that with uh, not just our young guys, but our vets too, and the team that we've created. Much props to this offensive line and Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, 226 total yards, four touchdowns. He played lights out last week. It's amazing, Gabe, what Dalvin Cook has done for this Vikings offense. He ranks second in the NFL in rushing yards, and he also has an awesome streak going on with one rushing touchdown in six consecutive games. That's currently the longest streak in the NFL. And one more thing I want to touch on, Gabe. The Vikings offense has a knack for big-time plays. It ranks 
Second in the NFL with 6.34 yards per play. That's only behind the Seattle Seahawks. And I think a big reason for that is Dalvin Cook. And that's for sure. We saw what Dalvin Cook can do when he's energized and when this offense is really plugging away. But speaking of plugging away, Mike Zimmer had a nice little plug talking about who Dalvin Cook reminds him of when regarding the previous backs he's coached during his NFL career. Mike, is there anything that separates Dalvin from other great backs you've been around? Any any quality? You know, all backs are a little bit different. You know, I, I've said this many times about Dalvin. He's got, you know, he's got such quick feet and, and acceleration, uh, but he's got, you know, they all have great vision um, and he runs hard, runs physical. Um, you know, he's a good leader. Um, I guess Emmett, Emmett was a lot like that, uh, you know, really good feet, quick accelerator, um, you know, powerful runner, um, uh, good vision. So, you know, maybe. I did some comparisons on Emmett Smith and Dalvin Cook, both in year fours of their career. Through their first six games, Emmett Smith had 666 rushing yards and six touchdowns in his first six starts. Dalvin Cook, 652 yards and 10 touchdowns in his first six starts. Wow. That year in 1993, when Emmett Smith went on to rush for 1,486 rushing yards and nine touchdowns, he won MVP that year and Super Bowl 28. Super Bowl, I'm not going to talk about Super Bowl right now, but I do think Dalvin Cook is on pace to be considered to be an MVP candidate this year. Dalvin Cook is on pace right now to rush for 1,630 rushing yards and 23 touchdowns. Only 11 running backs in NFL history has 20 plus touchdowns in the season and the last person to do it was Ladanian Thomason in 2006. Dalvin Cook is an elite company right now. I will take it and it's unbelievable when you start talking about the stats and the records that Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook are doing at their respective positions this year. So he he knows what he has in Dalvin Cook and he knows what he has to do this upcoming week to get Dalvin Cook involved and put a good game plan in place in order to beat the Detroit Lions. And speaking of Mike Zimmer and the Detroit Lions, he addressed the media today to talk about the current state of the Vikings heading into the Detroit Lions game on Sunday. We know this is a big game. They've got some great players over there and we expect uh, this should be a heck of a football game. We're excited to get going and get back to U.S. Bank Stadium, get the energy back and uh, go play well on Sunday. Hey, Mike, with Matthew Stafford's status kind of up in the air, how does that affect your preparation and then how much time do you spend on Chase Daniel? Well, fortunately, we played against Chase last year, um, so we, we know him. So we, we spend some time on him, but, you know, we expect Stafford to play. You know, we've, we've been fortunate uh, in some of the earlier years that we've been able to, uh, to get to him. Um, you know, obviously, we've lost some rushers, um, you know, with Everson and Hunter and those guys. So that makes, that makes a little bit of a difference there. And, um, but, you know, he does such a great job of moving in the pocket. He loves to scramble. Uh, he, I think maybe last year, two years ago, he scrambled on third and 17 and got the first down. So, you know, he, he's a dual threat because he can throw the ball so well and, uh, and use his legs as well. So, you know, we got to be really careful with, with how, we, uh, how we try to rush him. So the plan is in place and the Vikings know what they have to do to get their first home win this season. And moving on to the injury report, we know that there have been a lot of reports coming out with Matt Stafford being on the COVID-19 reserve list. Apparently, he has not tested positive for COVID. He was in close contact with somebody who had COVID-19. So he has not practiced all week. He's considered high risk. So, of course, you don't want you want to mitigate the spread and keep him away from the team. 
But at the same time, that that can definitely play in favor for the Vikings. Before we get into this conversation, I hope Matt Stafford is feeling well. Absolutely. And and the details on the situation was his contact with that individual happened on Monday, which actually means even though he headed to the reserve slash COVID-19 list, he will be eligible to come off that list by Sunday. We won't know yet yeah. because it has to be five straight days of negative tests. You know, the last two times we played the Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium, the Vikings have a combined 15 sacks. 2018, they had 10 against Matt Stafford and then five last year at home against David Blau. So I think whoever's that quarterback, I think the ultimate mission is to get that sack total up to 20 total in the last three games. So it'll be exciting to see, but the Vikings will have to do that this week without Cam Dantzler, Houghton Hill, and Mike Hughes. You see a lot of guys stepping up in their absences, expect Jeff Gladney to play a lot, but after putting together this Vikings injury report, what are some things that stand out to you, Chris? Yeah, I think you touched on the corners. Cameron Dantzler, after going down with that injury in the Packers game, he will be out um, still with that concussion. Holton Hill, as you touched on, also will be out with that foot. And Mark Fields, who actually stepped in and played pretty well in that Packers game, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't practice all week with a chest injury. He's out. So Harrison Hand, who has a hamstring and, and was limited all week, he's questionable. Let's see if he can come out and, and give us some quality snaps. But as you said, the Vikings cornerback position, definitely slim pickings there again this week. But good news is Kenny Galladay, the number one wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, has been listed as out uh, for them after not practicing all week. So they will not be with their number one target. Yeah, it will be a tall task for both teams to get a win this upcoming Sunday. And if I'm betting, I'm putting my money on the Vikings. Sacks for apps is back again for the 2020 season. If the Vikings record two or more sacks in a game this season, fans can receive a free appetizer at Buffalo Wild Wings with a $20 purchase. Visit Vikings.com slash BWW for details. We'll be back with our special guest of the week. But first, hey, Vikings fans, this football season, make Pepsi your go to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. Pilot Games has teamed up with the Minnesota Vikings to create the all-new Vikings Victory electronic pull-tab game. Pilot Games is the largest charitable gaming provider in the state, and when you play Vikings Victory, your community wins. Play Vikings Victory today anywhere Pilot's electronic pull-tabs are offered. What is up? Welcome back to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Chris Corso and our special guest, Vikings Defensive End. Jalen in the 757 where he's from. They call him Jay Holmes. Jalen Holmes, what's up, man? What up, big dog? How you doing? Good. How about yourself? Can't complain, man. Bless. We talked about the 757. You're from Norfolk, Virginia. A lot of big-time talent has come from that area. Allen Iverson, Michael Vick, Pernell Whitaker, if you're a boxing fan. It, just mm-hmm. so much homegrown talent right there. You're another product of... Uh, 757, you made it out of there. Talk about that journey from, you know, making it from Norfolk, Virginia to Ohio State, now with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely humbling because, you know, it's a lot of guys, like you just named a lot of guys that actually made it out. But, you know, due to that, you know, the whole environment out there, sometimes, you know, some guys don't. So it's definitely humbling for me, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, I think my parents, I think my family, they got me through a lot of, you know, tough situations, but, it's definitely a blessing. It's definitely an honor to, you know, represent them now. You're in your third year with the Vikings now, and I want to go back to last year where you made a huge fumble recovery in one of the biggest Vikings playoff wins against the New Orleans Saints, which led to a dramatic win 
for the Vikings in that yeah. game. Do you kind of use that to build into this year and in, in your bigger role that you have this season? I mean, that was a great play. Um, you know, especially it was a real emotional will as well. But, uh, you know, this year um, it's just just a way more comfortable. Uh, I feel like the game slowed down. Uh, I, I've become a better professional all the way around, just taking care of my body on all days to what I eat to even what I pay attention to. Like, I'm not even really on social media. So uh, I, I just feel like I just, especially with COVID happening, I just grown more as a person than as a man. And, you know, I just really took the, you know, the momentum from building myself over the offseason to the season. You talked about, you know, making that that next step and growing into a man. I think you, you've really grown onto the field also. You came in as a defensive end, moved to defensive tackle. Now you're back at defensive end. You're making plays this year. That transition, you know, from outside to inside, back to outside, how was that mentally for you and how is it now um, knowing that, hey, this is where I'm playing and this is where I'm starting now? Um, it definitely was a big difference and it was a learning experience. Um uh, Coach Dre, you know, he did a great job with trying to get me together. And, you know, I had good vets in front of me as well, like Linval, Shamar, who was still here, um, Sheldon Richardson when they was there. They you know they, they they showed me in the rows. But uh, going back to defense and it's just like, you know, I think I said it before, it's like riding, just learn how to ride a bike again. No training so, wheels, right? <laughs> and so just, you know, this offseason got my mental right. And I just try to, you know, take it from there and then, you know, just play ball really now. You had probably your highest snap count in your career against the Packers last week. Do you like rushing from the outside more than rushing from the inside? I really just like playing. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I didn't even know I had that many snaps until after the game because, you know, the game was so intense and emotional. Like, I just was trying to get a dub. So, uh, whatever they need me to do, you know, I'm going to do it full speed. You know, I'm not going to stop till the fight done. And you talk about not stopping until the fight's done and you're going to do whatever the coaches tell you to do. But in a team sport, where do you feel like you help this team most? Right now, I was in. Um, you know, I feel like, you know. But as far, could, as far as like, you know, what's some of your best attributes at that defensive end spot? Uh, power, you know, just working off power, uh, stopping the run, setting the edge. Uh, just just being what a defense end is supposed to be, stop the run, set the edge, you know, bringing power on the, on the outside, transitioning into, you know, speed, and then just carrying on that momentum into the inside on third down. So that's really my role. Now, I was talking to J- uh, Jaleel Johnson yesterday, and he said he believes the young guys on this team, especially the guys on the outside, have the chance to really compete and help everyone win each week. DJ Wanham makes a huge play on Aaron Rodgers to seal the game in mm-hmm. Green Bay. So do you feel working with a lot of these young players by your side that collectively you guys make each other better? Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, I mean, Green Bay, the win in Green Bay, was, you know, that's an example. Uh, we came together, no matter if you rookie to, you know, Shamar being in the league, you know, how I many how many years, Shamar has been like year eight. So to a rookie to, you know, an eight-year veteran, it's going to take all of us. And I feel like as long as we're on the same page and we're doing our job so we can win the game, it, it, it doesn't matter. And, like, DJ making that great play, he the future is very bright for him, very. future is very bright for all of you young guys. And at the same time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only imagine how much of an impact a guy like Everson Griffin had on your growth um, in your first mm-hmm. two years working with him. You get an opportunity to play against him this weekend. I know you guys on the same side of the ball, so. Yeah. Of course, it's not like you're, you know, going yeah. against him, right? But at the same time, what, what have you learned from him? Uh, just his emotion. He he loved he loved playing football, man. And then the, the the big games that he played in, he kept going. He played hard. 
uh, he was a professional and uh, he always paid attention to the little things. So I just, when he was here, watched him all the time. So uh, it's definitely, you know, it's wild to think like I'm going to be playing against him now. So, you know, I'm going to probably use some of his old tricks that he taught me on his teammates. <laughs> so this Detroit Lions offense, let's, let's move to this game. This Detroit Lions offense, we know they have three really good running backs. What have you seen on film that you guys can take advantage of? And what are some points of emphasis? Uh, I think one thing we got to focus on is stopping the run. We can't get those three running backs, you know. We can't get them going. They have a good offensive line. They're going to try to run the football. And they also have a great quarterback, too. So we definitely got to contain the run and try to get in, you know, Stafford's face as much as possible. Last question for me. We know Matthew Stafford is in the COVID-19 protocol. I think every week you guys have an opponent, which you don't know if someone's <laughs> going to play or if he's not going to play. Kind of talk about the different preparations there, wondering who's going to be playing quarterback for the Lions. I think Stafford's going to play. <laughs> uh, but uh, we got to prepare if he don't. And uh, we just got to keep rushing them the same way, execute our game plan and, and do our thing. And, you know, it's really not going to matter who our quarterback. we got to do our job because, you know, the guy who's backing them up, if we're not doing our job, he can have a big day. So we uh, we definitely got to prepare for whoever and, uh, and treat everybody the same. That is defensive end Jalen Holmes. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, man. All right, Vikings team reporter Eric Smith is on the line. Eric, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Can you believe we're halfway through the season? We're over halfway now, right? I think Sunday marks the halfway point, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I guess we're past the trade deadline, which was this past Tuesday, same day as Election Day, and the Vikings didn't make any moves um, before the trade deadline other than Unique Ngakwe for a third-round pick in this upcoming year's draft and the conditional fifth-rounder in 2021. But what what were your thoughts on, you know, the Vikings not making any moves before the trade deadline? Yeah, it was really interesting because there was a lot of buzz, mostly, I think, outside of the building in the last week or two with, you know, are the, are the Vikings going to make any moves? You know, are they not? Are they going to stand pat? Is the Ngakwe trade the, a precursor of, of moves to come? And, you know, as we know, it turns out they did not make any moves. And Coach Zimmer was asked about that earlier this week, and he said, we like our team. You know, we just need to play better. And I think that's sort of the team's mindset, especially coming off of a big win in Green Bay. You know, the Vikings are now 2-5, and five, and the schedule kind of opens up a little bit. They have a bunch of teams coming up who are, you know, under 500, and, and the Vikings are too. They, they don't have a winning record right now either. But I think the team thinks that, you know, they can maybe go on a run here. And in regard to the trade deadline, I also think that COVID protocols kind of play a part in that as well. You know, it takes five or six days just to get a guy in the building, and that's obviously not a normal circumstance. It's almost like the Green Bay win was a season-changing win from the trade deadline perspective, as you said. And a big reason for that was the running game and what Dalvin Cook did on the ground. I think it was probably the most exciting and explosive running performance I've ever seen. So, Eric, what did you see in the run scheme and and how the Vikings were able to make that happen. Yeah, and I think, remember when we talked last week on this podcast, I talked about the wind, right, and how that was going to be a, a little bit of a factor. It turned out to be a pretty big factor in the passing game. Good call game. on that. Thank you. The passing game and the special teams. You know, so the Vikings ran the ball a lot Sunday against the Packers, but that's really what they want to do. That's what their offense is built around. That's why they gave Dalvin Cook a multi-year contract extension. You know, they want to be a run first team. And Coach Zimmer said that 
flat out this week. We want to run the ball first and then set up the play action. That's what Gary Kubiak's scheme has been for for 25 years, it feels like. And it works, you know, and, and it worked again on Sunday. The way Dalvin played, the way the Vikings offensive line blocked, I thought Ezra Cleveland had a great game. Brian O'Neill, you can go down the line. The whole offensive line played really well. And so it'll be interesting to see that now that the Vikings have had a game where that has clicked and they have really had success on the ground, how often they go to that because we've been trailing, we've been turning the ball over. And when you're, when you're down, when you can't control the time of possession or the clock, that formula of running the ball a lot doesn't work. So we're seven games in, nine games to go, and we'll see if that run first scheme really plays out here in, in the second half of the season. And you got to think it, it should be effective this upcoming Sunday against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, their run defense is 23rd in the NFL right now, giving up 130 yards per game. You got to think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Dalvin Cook. This is a must win game for both teams Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, two and five versus three and four. What are your thoughts on, on these two teams and how the Vikings can get a win on Sunday? I think both teams probably have the same mindset right now. You know, like we talked about with the Vikings, they're two and five. They probably feel like they should have another win or two, at least on their schedule. And that, hey, you know, the schedule lightens up in the second half of the season, at least in November, and maybe we can go on a run. You know, I talked to Tori Petrie of the Lions, and she said, hey, the Lions could have another win or two as well. So both teams, while they don't have a winning record right now, they think, hey, if we can just go on a run the next three or four weeks and position ourselves in a possible playoff spot, then we're going to be playing meaningful games in December. And so I think it should be a good one on Sunday. You, Lindsey, Craig, Peters, you guys are constantly working on articles to be posted on Vikings.com and all of our social media platforms. What can Vikings fans expect heading into Sunday from you guys? I think a fun story for fans to check out right now is the return of Everson Griffin and Adrian Peterson. You know, both those guys were iconic Vikings players. You know, I think they're probably going to be in the Vikings ring of honor someday, but they're both going to be back in U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday wearing that Honolulu blue with a lion, which is going to be weird to see. It's but, weird, you know, very weird. You know, especially with Everson, you know, it's going to be his lion debut and it'll be his obviously his first game ever against the Vikings. So no shortage of storylines there and it'll be good to see both those guys on Sunday. Let's just hope they don't have a, a great game. Indeed, indeed. Guys, make sure you stay tuned to Vikings.com for the most up-to-date coverage of the team. Vikings, Lions, in two days this upcoming Sunday. You can listen to that game right here on KFAN 100.3 FM. The Vikings Radio Network pregame show will start at 10 a.m. with voice of the Vikings Paul Allen and Pete Bursich. For Chris Corso, Eric Smith, and Jalen Holmes, I'm Gabe Henderson. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. That's what I like. Talk to you guys next week.